It is my pleasure to welcome you all. Uh, my name is Martin Mora, and uh, I am the uh, worship arts minister here at church. Um, and it is a blessing. It is a tremendous blessing to be able to uh, share God's word with, with all of you guys. I've been uh, with uh, Sunrise Community Church since 2000. That's a long time. It is a long time. He estado acá. Gracias. Desde el 2000 he estado aquí en esta iglesia, así que ha sido una gran bendición. So, today it's a special day. We are, we are remembering, we are celebrating something. Traditionally, October 31st, it's the day when we remember uh, in the, the Reformation. And that's what I'm going to be uh, sharing with, with you guys. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be humans to remember, to celebrate, to uh, know that you were there since the beginning for us. And Lord, as we uh, study today, as we read, as we learn from our spiritual family, ancestors, Lord, uh, open our hearts and our minds to receive from you, Lord. Abre nuestra mente, abre nuestro corazón, eh, mientras estudiamos la vida de muchos Cristianos que vivieron antes de nosotros, nuestros abuelitos de la fe, Señor. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and we say, Amen. So yeah, let's, let's watch a brief video. It, it gives us uh, a framework of uh, what I'll be uh, talking about. 500 years ago, a German monk named Martin Luther started a protest that exploded into a worldwide movement. At that time, Europe lived in the shadow of the Roman Catholic Church, and that was more like an empire than a church. It crowned and cast down kings, and used its dominance to keep people in the darkness of superstition. That sounds pretty unfamiliar, but in some ways, Luther's day was very much like our own. Just like today, everyone had an opinion about the Bible, even though almost no one actually read it. Like so many of us, they were trusting the thought leaders and tastemakers of their own day to tell them what was in the Bible and whether or not to believe it. Luther was one of the very few people actually reading the Bible, and what he found was earth-shattering. Even though he was a monk, Luther hated the God of the Bible. And when he studied it, the world around him began to make sense. God made sense. The significance of Jesus became clear to him. He discovered the answer to his deepest questions. How could evil be overcome? Specifically, how could his own evil, his own sin, be dealt with? Luther discovered that he couldn't do anything to fix this problem himself. He had to rely on the finished work of Christ alone. Luther had discovered a central truth. It changed his life, and it changed the world. The Protestant Reformation was about two things. It was about who can say what's true, and it was about how to reconcile who we are with who God is. It recognized that God's Word is the ultimate authority in this world, and that the perfect life and sacrificial death of Jesus Christ are the only answer for evil and the only basis on which sinners can stand before a holy God. Protestant Reformation is a story of transformation, a transformation from hate to love, from slavery to freedom, and from blind faith to a glorious discovery of the truth in Jesus Christ.
Man, so this video, it's a good starting point to learn about our family here. So um, there are many faces, many people that we don't know. Maybe we'll, we know about some of these uh, reformers who impacted the world in such a way that it was only possible through the Holy Spirit. So we will be learning because, you see, when we, when we look at, at our family photos and we remember that, hey, maybe my, my grandpa or my great-great-grandpa served on the military and he was a blessing to our country, that excites us, right? When we remember, we get encouraged and we are challenged too. So that is uh, the hope today, that by looking at some of our pictures of uh, our spiritual great-great-great-grandparents, we will get inspired by their testimony. So, just like the heroes of our faith mentioned in Hebrews 11, and we know there were many in Hebrews 11, many heroes of our faith, the reformers were many as well. And just like us, they were not perfect, they were sinners, but they were committed to God's word. They were uh, passionate about sharing God's word and, and submitting to the God of word, to the word of God. Los, los reformadores que vivieron en el siglo XVI eran como los personajes que están en el libro, en el capítulo 11 de Hebreos. Eran muchos y eran como nosotros, pecadores y no eran perfectos, pero comprometidos con la causa del Señor. One of the important things as we look at these pictures as we look at their lives, is that they knew that they were not the main actors of this thing called life. They were all pointing at Jesus Christ. They were, they were all saying, when we look at their pictures, they are saying, hey, I'm not the big deal here. I'm not the main actor here. It is, it is Jesus Christ. And that's the mindset that we need to have in our lives. We are nothing. It's just because of the sacrifice Jesus did on the cross that we are saved. So as we meditate, as we look at these fun pictures, remember, they are saying, wait, 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 I'm not the big deal here. You know, it is Jesus Christ who died on the cross for each one of us. Let's read Hebrews 12, 1, 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endures the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. Por tanto, también nosotros que estamos rodeados de una multitud tan grande de testigos, despojémonos del lastre que nos estorba, en especial del pecado que nos asedia. Corramos con perseverancia la carrera que tenemos por delante. Fijemos la mirada en Jesús, el iniciador y perfeccionador de nuestra fe, quien por el gozo que le esperaba soportó la cruz, menospreciando la vergüenza que ella significaba. Y ahora está sentado a la derecha del trono de Dios. So, these heroes of our faith, the reformers, they understood this passage very, very clear. They understood that it was Jesus, that he was the word of God who, who we needed to honor. So let's start our, our family uh, journey today. So we're going to look at some pictures today. So, um, and again, you, what it's interesting though is that when we look at these pictures, 
you'll notice some similitudes, you know, because they were just like us. Sunrise actually looks a lot like the Reformation. Esta iglesia, de veras, se, ve, se parece como todo lo que pasó durante la Reforma. Ustedes van a ver la, la similitud. So, just besides Martin Luther, you know, there is, and I, and I have to apologize because a lot of these names are from different parts of the world, so I apologize for butchering, you know, the pronunciation of these names, okay? So, little disclaimer, les pido disculpa por adelantado porque muchos de estos nombres son muy complicados de pronunciar, entonces seguramente voy a meter las patas, pero, well, that's the disclaimer. So, let's, let's, let's go and let's see who, is, uh, who are our grandparents, our heroes from that time uh, of uh, history. So, uh, go to the next picture. So we have a few guys here. So uh, Juan Calvino or Calvin. Uh, he, then we have uh, Philippe Melanchthon. He's a, he's, he was from France. They, those two guys were from, from France. And John Knox, he was also part of the Reformation. And uh, he was a, uh, where's, where's my note? I don't want to make a mistake. He was Scottish, and he was a minister as well. So as you can see, you know, the Reformation is not happening only in one country with Martin Luther in Germany, but it's spreading, you know. It, it, it's people from different parts of the world, different accents, different ethnicities as well. And uh, the next picture is also very cool because we see that the Reformation was traveling. Casiodoro de Reina and Cipriano de Valera, they are Hispanic. They translated the first Bible uh, into Spanish, and that was in that same era. They translated and published the Bible in 1569. That was the first translation in Spanish of the Bible. Then on, we have a, uh, a Dutch friend, too, Dutch grandpa, Desiderius Erasmus. I hope that's close enough. Hey, Dutch friends, brothers and sisters, did I say it right? Sort of, no? I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, he was instrumental in paving, you know, the, the way for all the reformers. His writings inspired people later on to uh, get into the Reformation. So we see more and more people getting involved in this movement. So let's go back in time a little bit more. Uh, let's go to the next picture. Hey, uh, actually, not back yet, but look, we have women who were incredible and courageous, you know, such as Argula de Grumbach. There is an interesting story about, story about her. She was a noble woman, mother of four kids, four children, and uh, when the Bavarian authorities had forbidden Lutheran ideas in their town, there was a guy, his name was Arceus Seehofer. He was a young teacher and former student at the local university, but guess what? He was arrested for Protestant views. He understood the Bible, and, uh, and he was forced to change his beliefs on the Bible. See, the incident would have occurred quietly, but Argula, Argula, Grandma, can you stay quiet? No, she did not. She was, uh, remember, she was a noble woman, so she had influence. So outrage over this situation, she wrote a letter to the faculty of the university objecting to this young teacher's arrest and exile. 
the letter urged the university to follow scripture, not Roman traditions. She quoted in this letter, talk about studying God's word, over 80 scriptures in the letter. And with these scripture verses, uh, she argued her case that they were wrong. So later on, this letter became a, uh, a bestseller. Everybody was, wanted to get a copy of this letter, so they started uh, sending this letter to uh, a lot of people. So she was very influential in the Reformation. Hay también mujeres muy importantes en, la, en todo este movimiento de la Reforma. We have Katharina von Bora. I love the sound of that name. Well, she was Martin Luther's wife. And uh, she has six kids. And she was a pastor's wife with six kids, okay? Uh, she became the model of what a, what a minister's wife would look like. Uh, when after uh, Martin Luther died, she struggled financially, and she went through really hard times. But she stood up, and she's, she served the, the Lord w through his family and uh, this uh, important marriage as well. And then we have uh, Margarita de Navarra. She was also very important in the Reformation. She did something that many guys didn't do. Uh, see, in, in those days, if you were Protestant or if you were uh, reading the Bible, you were at risk of being killed or exiled. Or it was, it was a very difficult time. So... Uh, Margarita de Navarra, she was a prince in Navarra, and she says, hey, Calvin, come, because he was being persecuted, and he was going to get killed, so she protected Calvin and others. He, she saved the life of all these guys, risking, what, her reputation, her connections, her status in society, uh, even her life, and she did that. So isn't that amazing? You know, when we look at the Reformation, we see something like sunrise, men, women of God serving him. Let's go back in time a little more. So that is in the medieval times. There was a guy, his name was Peter Waldo or Waldo. Some historians uh, say that his name was Waldo. Anyways, he was a, uh, a businessman, a very successful man from uh, Lyon, France, uh, and you know, one day, we don't, the historians don't know exactly what happened to him, but, you know, he, he felt convicted that he was a sinner. And he had lots of money because he was a businessman. So he tried to read the Bible, but guess what? It was in Latin. Latin was like the English back in the day. You know, it was, it was the language to learn. So, but the guy was French, so he couldn't really understand the uh, Latin Bible so Using his resources, he hired two scholars to translate the Bible into his language. Now, we are talking about a long, long time ago. That was brave. Books were expensive. And he did that. And he started reading the Bible, and he was transformed. He got convicted, but also he discovered that salvation was only possible through Jesus Christ. That encounter with the Word of God was... Uh, an important moment, not only for him, but for many around, because Peter Valdo or Waldo started teaching others. So they created a movement in France to do that. Isn't that amazing? So they were paving the way for the Reformation. And a lot of us know about John Wycliffe. He was from England. 
uh, John Hus. I, I learned this recently that he was actually from the Czech Republic. So look at the Reformation. It's not only in Germany anymore, but it is expanding. It is all over the place. Yes. How many different faces, ethnicities, languages, ¿verdad? Qué increíble. La Reforma estaba alcanzando todo lugar. Before that, let's go to the next family picture. There you go. So now we are talking long, long, long time ago. And this is really, really cool. Before that, about a thousand years earlier, a similar thing happened in Africa. African theologians fought for keeping the church out of heresy. Tertullian, he was from Tunisia, fought to keep the church from adopting Gnostic teachings. Athanasius was from Egypt, and he worked to keep the church from accepting a false understanding of Christ's divinity. Augustine, he was from Algeria, worked to articulate the doctrine of the Trinity against heresy. heresy. These African theologians had a profound influence on the theologians of the 16th century. Isn't that amazing? Now, you see what's happening? Who is in control of, of this reformation? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was, was guiding this brave man to stand up and speak and read the Bible and submit to the Word of God. So, let's go back, or actually forward in time. It'll, that's probably more accurate. Let's go back to the 16th century where we started our our visit to our grandparents. Luther, Calvin, and other reformers fought to eliminate wrong beliefs and practices. And one of the tools they used, and that is a gift for us as well, is the five solas. What in the world are the five solas? For, for many of us who grew up in uh, the reformed tradition, we know what that, what, what that is. And, but basically a sola it's like a slogan, or, or it's like a catchy phrase, you know, that will help you remember things easily. And these are, even though these five solas, as we know them, uh, uh, they didn't use the five sola term back in the 16th century. It was later on that, that theologians found these five common uh, themes, you know, and they say, hey, let's put it together. But anyway, so that was the uh, common denominator. So... Uh, the five solas are the core beliefs of the Christian faith. And although the phrase five solas may be more recent in its usage, the concepts are rooted in the Reformation. So let's break it down a little bit. Uh, that's not uh, bad Spanish, by the way. That's Latin, okay? <laughs> For those who speak Spanish, okay? Um, so if you see a typo, it is not a typo. It is Latin, okay? So... Uh, Sola Escritura, Scripture alone. Let's go back really quick. Let's read them first. Thank you. Solo Cristo, Christ alone. Sola Fide, faith alone. Sola Gratia, gra grace alone. Solideo, to the glory of God alone. Would you read them for, with me? Let's read it in English, okay? Not Latin. Okay. Scripture alone. Christ alone. Faith alone, grace to the glory of God alone. And those who speak Spanish, we, we can get by understanding the Latin, right? Pretty well. So, 
let's break it down a little bit. What is this uh, scripture alone? So, sola scripture is the belief that only scripture, because it is God's inspired word, is the final authority for the church. While scripture may have been written for many, many uh, authors, human authors, it, is, it has one divine author. As Paul says, and we're going to read in this verse, all scripture is good, is God's breathed. And it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be truly equipped for every good work. Y dice este versículo en segunda de Timoteo, toda la escritura es inspirada por Dios y útil para, para reprender, para corregir, para instruir en la justicia a fin de que el siervo de Dios esté enteramente capacitado para toda buena obra. James 1.22 says, Hey, do not only listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. En el libro de Santiago, él nos exhorta a que no solamente escuchemos la palabra de Dios, pero que la vivamos, que la, que la hagamos, ¿verdad? Number two, solo Cristo, or only, or Christ alone. It is our final authority. It is, it's a gift from God. It is a gift because in scripture we are given Jesus Christ himself. From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is shown. Solo Cristo, or, or uh, Christ alone, emphasizes the role of Jesus in salvation. The Roman Catholic tradition had placed priests in the role of intercessors between people and God. Reformers emphasized Jesus' role as our high priest who intercedes on our behalf before the Father. En esa época, eh, desafortunadamente, la tradición romana católica había puesto eh, sacerdotes que eran los que podían interceder por nosotros delante de Dios, pero los reformadores nos enseñaban por medio de la palabra que podíamos y debíamos eh, llegar al Padre solo por Jesucristo. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Porque no tenemos un sumo sacerdote incapaz de compadecerse de nuestras debilidades, sino que ha sido tentado en todo de la misma manera que nosotros, aunque sin pecado. Jesus is the only one who offers access to God. Not a human spiritual leader. No human can do that, but only Jesus Christ. Sola fide, or faith alone. Sola fide emphasizes salvation as a free gift. But how do we receive the redemption Christ has accomplished? Through faith and faith alone. Rather than trusting in ourselves, we trust in Jesus Christ. Paul warns Christians that no one will be justified by works of the law, but only through faith in Christ. Let's read uh, Galatians 2.16. And it says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, 
but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because of because by the works of the law no one will be justified solo por medio de Jesucristo sin embargo al reconocer que nadie es justificado por las obras que demanda la ley sino por la fe en Jesucristo también nosotros hemos puesto nuestra fe en Cristo Jesús para ser justificados por la fe en él y no por las obras de la ley porque por estas nadie será justificado number four All right, here you go. We got it. Sola gratia, or grace alone. Sola gratia emphasizes grace as the reason for our salvation. In other words, salvation comes from what God has done rather than what we do. Our salvation is by grace and by grace alone. My goodness, that is very hard. Aren't we tempted always to try to help God with our salvation. God, I did this. Three points. God, I was so good this morning. I prayed for three hours. So, hey, can you open the, the back door so I can get to heaven through the kitchen? And no, 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 it doesn't work like that. You know, our works, las obras que nosotros hacemos en realidad no determinan eh, nuestro acceso al Padre. Es solo por medio de la gracia de Jesús nuestras obras no nos merecen nada es solo la gracia del Señor it is a gift grace it's a gift and we receive it that's all we have to do it is hard because we are humans and we want to work for our money right but his kingdom is a different story so we accept his grace and then finally oh let's uh, that's an important verse let Flory, can you go back? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace you have been saved. For it is by what? Huh. Not my good looks, not my money, not my... Uh, not because I'm super smart, not because I do this or that, or because I'm poor and I don't have anything, so he's going to... No, no, no. It's just by grace. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Porque por gracia ustedes han sido salvados mediante la fe. Esto no procede de ustedes, sino que es el regalo de Dios. No por obras, ¿para que qué? Para que nadie se jacte. Let's go to number five. Soli Deo Gloria. Emphasizes the glory of God as the goal of our lives. Only And this is very important to remember. Only if our salvation is by grace alone, will God alone receive all the glory. And that is very important to remember. Only if our salvation is by grace alone, will God alone receive all the glory. Rather than striving to please others in this world, our goal is to glorify the Lord. You know, we, we hear... Uh, Often, you know, hey, let's worship the Lord. Let's go to church and worship the Lord. Yes, singing and uh, listening to God's word is part of our worship. But worshiping God, giving glory to God happens Monday through Monday, 24-7. During our work, when I'm studying, when I'm, when I'm 
having a cup of coffee with my wife. Every single minute, it's designed to give glory to God. Cada minuto de nuestra vida es para honrar y para darle gloria al Señor. En conclusión, ya sea que coman eh, o beban en Spanish, o hagan cualquier cosa, otra cosa, háganlo todo para la gloria de Dios. So whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for what? Do it all for the glory of God. That means that, oh, this is tough. I, I, I have to conduct my business with integrity because God is, what, receiving glory through my work. I have to try my best with, with my employers. Why? Because I am honoring God through that. I have to do, I have to be a good neighbor as well, even though I have some neighbors that are driving me crazy. No, I have to honor God through those relationships. Tenemos que honrar al Señor y darle gloria en todo momento de nuestra vida, aún hasta con esos vecinos, los vecinos que nos dan lata. Tenemos que dar buen testimonio también. So sunrise, just like our spiritual family, the pictures that we were looking at and this gift that they gave us, uh, we, each one of us, we are called to make the scripture the center of our attention accept salvation by grace through faith and magnify Christ, make him famous, you know, in, in our communities, in our families, everywhere, and live, for, and live for God's glory. You know, the Reformation must continue in each one of us, in our church and in our families and in our communities as well. And guess what? Since we are related to all of these guys, it's in our DNA. It's part of our DNA. It's part of our spiritual DNA. So we are invited to live out that legacy, you know, that started with Christ on the cross for each one of us. That legacy of uh, submitting ourselves to, really, to renounce to ourselves and submit to the Word of God, it, it's something that we must continue doing. Nosotros debemos ser muy intencionales y reconocer que este legado de todos nuestros abuelitos espirituales es para que lo sigamos viviendo el día de hoy. ¿Y qué debemos hacer? Rendirnos a la palabra del Señor. Humillarnos ante la palabra del Señor y reconocer que todo viene del Señor. So, I hope this little historical uh, uh, theme It's, it's something that will help us to, uh, to know, to realize the blessing that we have. You know, when we were looking at those pictures, we have people from all over the world, different shapes, different colors, you know, ethnicities, everything. That's why I was telling you guys, the Reformation to me looks like sunrise. You know, people from all backgrounds, poor, rich, business people, very smart people, women, men. Uh, it's just incredible because, again, it is the word of the whole. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. La reforma, verdad, se parece mucho como a esta iglesia donde vemos gente de todo color, de diferentes grupos étnicos, porque así fue, porque el Espíritu Santo es el que estaba a cargo. You know, being a Christian is it easy? Es fácil ser cristiano? Mm -mm. No, it's hard. It is hard. We have a witness of people around us, you know, ready to judge us when we make mistakes. That's the truth. 
we have also our own enemy, ourselves, you know, our desires, our human desires, uh, it, it, is, it is not an easy task. And I, I imagine, you know, these guys on the uh, Reformation during that time, they, they were willing to give their lives for Christ, for the Word of God. And, and that's the legacy that we need to uh, take into heart. The gift of uh, the five solas or those five slogans, they should be ingrained in our minds and uh, also in our hearts and understand that, that that is the identity of a Christian. There is a, uh, a psalm that I, I would like to invite you guys to, to read with me and then we'll stand up for that. And that is, that is a very cool psalm because, again, it focuses all our attention to God. See, Martin, Martin Luther, he was, a, uh, he was music inclined and he was also a songwriter. I guess it runs in the family after all, right? <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he wrote a, a hymn based on Psalm 46 and the, the worship team will be leading us on that song. But that's where he based this hymn from. So I would like to invite you guys and, uh, and read it with me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you for the sacrifice you did for each one of us on the cross, dying, offering your life for us. Lord, we receive this gift. We do not deserve it, but we receive this gift of salvation through faith. Señor, recibimos en este día el regalo de la salvación, aunque no lo merecemos, pero es un regalo que viene de ti y lo aceptamos, Señor. Lord, thank you for our family. Thank you, Lord, for uh, all these spiritual heroes in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for each one of them and for their ministry and their, their willingness, the courage they had to surrender to the authority of the Bible, Lord. Gracias, Señor, por cada una de estas personas que estuvimos estudiando porque tuvieron la valentía de rendirse y someterse a la autoridad de tuya, Señor, por medio de la palabra. So, Lord, we are here. We, we humble ourselves and we recognize that we need you more than anything else. So, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray and we all say, 